Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. show happy friday everybody appreciate you joining us today for the show we're 10 to 11 monday through friday had some listener making fun of me this week saying yeah blue you got that hour in the middle of the morning nobody's listening to that i hope somebody's out there listening today here on atlanta sports station the fan 680 and 93.7 streaming at 680thefan.com Listen on the Fan Mobile app, and that is driven by Beaver Toyota. Smart speaker brought to you by South Point Financial Services. 10 o'clock hour on the Fan is brought to you by the Haug Law Group. We've got Road Dog in today, and Sean Nerney, as always, manning the board. Nerney, let's get to work. Bucks, big take. Today is the day. Backs to the wall. One of those win or get ready to go home games. Come on, Hawks. Time to take care of business. The odds are already stacked against us. Teams that go up 2-0 in the NBA playoffs win the series 92.4% of the time. Hello, we're down 0-2. And if Trey's three-point shot remains ice cold, we're going down. Trey is two for 17 from three. Nerdy, you could have shot in a higher percentage than that in games one and two. Trey Young has got to break out of that funk tonight at the farm. Try to ignore the fact that we are now one in five versus the Heat this season and focus on this. The Hawks are a league best 20 and three at home since mid January. And it'll be a packed house at the farm tonight. Sold out. Man up, Trey Young. Knock down some threes. And let's take this critical game three tonight. And remember, an NBA playoff series does not start until the home team loses. Hawks, you bet not lose this game tonight. And there's your big take today. Can't be losing that game tonight, brother. We got a lot going on on this Friday. Uh, let's see what's popping, Ernie. Let's find out what's popping. Got a seven o'clock tip tonight down at the farm. That game sold out. Hawks and Heat is going to be the place to be seen tonight. You're heading down there. Raise the roof, brother. We'll be watching at home. Hawks and Heat, game three. 
Got some college football spring games over the weekend. Penn State. Anybody want to see the Penn State Nittany Lions? Well, if you get the Big Ten Network, you can check it out tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Oklahoma and Brent Venables have their spring game, 4 o'clock. Can we get the Sooner Sports TV Network? I'd like to see what the Sooners have cooking out there. USC, 3 o'clock on ESPN tomorrow. We'll see the Lincoln Riley Show and the brand-new Trojans. Here in the Deep South, LSU, SEC Network, 2 o'clock. You can see Coach Kelly's Tigers. Tomorrow at 2. Ole Miss at 1. SEC Network. Tennessee's going on Sunday. 4 o'clock on SEC Network. College football spring games. All right, I'm going to drop a hot NFL draft take on you. We are six days and counting for the uh, first round of the NFL draft coming up next Thursday. How about this? The Kansas City Chiefs pick at number 30 of the first round. And I'm going to predict the Chiefs will take George Pickens from the University of Georgia with that first round pick. And six wide receivers will go in the first round. Six of them, including Pickens, who most people have been looking at as a guy that's going to go in the second or maybe the third round. But remember, Patrick Mahomes, they let Tyreek Hill get away, and he needs some receivers in the worst way. Chiefs throw that ball as much as anybody. Got a quarterback that can spin it. The last thing they need is to be light at the wide receiver position. Look for the Chiefs to take a receiver, and I believe got a little feeling it might be George Pickens. Looking forward to that NFL draft next week. Oh, um, Inside the Hedges, the book, my new book. We've got a book signing coming up tomorrow and coming. And we're going to have the UGA Alumni Redcoat Band on the scene at Universities Forever. 2080 Ronald Reagan Boulevard, Universities Forever. I'll do a live show from 11 to 12, book signing from 12 to 2. We'll have the Georgia Alumni Redcoat Band playing. Two sets, I'm told. And I will get to direct the band, Ernie. Looking forward to that. Inside the Hedges, the quarterback's journey to the 1980 National Championship is the title of the book. You can't make it out tomorrow. We hate that. We're hoping to see you. But you can order now at InsideTheHedges.com. Got some broadcasting news out there. Did you hear the rumor about Drew Brees? He's looking to work for both NBC and Fox in the upcoming season. Man, in the old days, you were with one of these big networks, and they didn't dare let you work with another. Now you're seeing these announcers work at both spots. So he could still continue with NBC. They're going to share him with Fox. Looks like Breeze is set up to be a color analyst on the number two team on Fox. The number one team? Well, it's not Joe Buck and Troy Aikman anymore. They've moved on to do Monday Night Football on ESPN. So Kevin Burkhart, Burkhart and Greg Olson, is it? Former tight end have now uh, reportedly moved up to the number one team on, on Fox come NFL Sundays. So Breeze is cashing in, brother. Work for NBC, slide over on Sunday, work for Fox, and cash that big check. Now, the business is crazy out there. Uh, Joe Buck, 
For the first time in 25 years, we will not hear Joe doing the World Series on Fox later this baseball season. First time in 25 years he won't be a part of that. And there you go. That's what's popping out there today. As we get the show started. Let's get to the Buck Blue Show headline. And this is up for grabs now if you're a company man out there looking to get on 680 The Fan. Jackie Robinson Day at Truist Park tonight. First 15,000 fans through the gate. Get Barrier Breakers figure giveaway is what you'll get. 15,000 fans through the gate. First uh, first 15,000 will get the Jackie Robinson giveaway. Also be a pregame ceremony to honor the great and memorable Jackie Robinson. And I'll tell you what, I always love watching the old uh, video of Jackie Robinson, the uh, film clips that we do get to see through the years. And one of them is him stealing home from third base, stealing home on a pitch to on a uh, pitch to the catcher. Yogi Berra, I think, maybe was the catcher. But uh, what a great video. We don't see that anymore. Somebody stealing home. I was watching that video earlier this week, but I got to say, Yogi did not really do a great job of uh, protecting the uh, the plate, I must say. He looked out. I mean, it looked like he got that mitt down. He should have been out, but I don't think because Yogi did not get out in front of the plate, I, yeah. I, I can see why they, they ruled him safe. Well, he was so short, he could barely reach out in front of the plate. It's really a bad job by Yogi. Great job by Jackie, though. Love that that video. Stealing home. Yeah, that's one thing I never did on the baseball field was steal home. I was afraid I'd t- take one of those bats upside the head trying to slide in there. You just don't see that much anymore. Just don't see it, brother. And uh, we've got a lot going on here at 680 The Fan. If you don't, if you can't get enough of the shows we have on 680, we've got podcasts you can check out also. Like me, I've got Bucks Beat. And it dropped a couple of days ago. I've got Chris Mortensen on Bucks Beat this week, episode 59. And we are, uh, I'm, I'm breaking down the Georgia G-Day game. And then also Mort joins me and we run through these Georgia Bulldog players that are looking to get their name called in the NFL draft coming up on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of next week. And Mort and, and myself are talking about each one of these Georgia players and where they might end up going. So uh, I want to invite you to check that out. You can find it at The Podcast Park, and that is brought to you by our good friends at Associated Credit Union. You can also get these and all of our podcasts at Apple, Spotify, or wherever wherever it is you get your favorite podcasts, like uh, we got the Audio Bag, the 643 Podcast, the Daily 10, Frozen Rope Report. There's a lot of them to choose from. They're all quality want to invite you to head over there and check things out from the Braves to the Dogs to the Falcons to even beer. I'm told we've got you covered on these podcasts. All right, coming up next, we're going to chop it up with the Braves. Where is Acuna? We'll talk about it. And as far as the Falcons draft goes, going to take a, a look behind door number three today as I break it down. Ben Ingram coming up at 1030. We'll talk more Braves. 
Glad you're with us today. It's the Buck Blue Show and Atlanta Sports Station, The Fans, 680 and 93.7. Good evening. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Are you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Blue Show. Glad you're with us today. Hope you got a big weekend planned. I'm looking to lay low. Rest up a little bit. It's been a tough grind here lately, man. These kids are wearing me down. Something going on every day, it seems. Buck Blue Show, 10 to 11 here on The Fan, the mobile app driven by Beaver Toyota of coming. Beaver Direct, fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. Visit beavertoyotaofcoming.com, and you can download that fan app right now on the iTunes and Google Play Store. We got Ben Ingram coming up at the bottom of the hour. Let's go ahead and chop it up. Time to talk breeze. Let's chop it up. Presented by Haug Law Group, your local personal injury attorneys. HaugLawGroup.com. Braves are back home. Open the homestand tonight, 720 first pitch. And, man, we got our guy going tonight. Not Max Freed. We got another guy now, Kyle Wright, getting his third start of the season. Kyle Wright's been dealing the first two starts of the season. He's gone 11 innings in those two starts and has allowed only two earned runs. And how about the strikeout-to-walk ratio? 15 Ks, one free pass. Keep it up, Kyle. You're looking great out there. Marlins are showing up. They're five and seven. They've played four series so far. They're one and three. And they don't score many runs. Only the Reds and Diamondbacks have scored less in the National League. Get to see Jorge Soler tonight. He's going to get his World Series ring from the Braves. And I'm sure he's going to be impressed with that big thing. Soler off to a slow start. Hopefully he doesn't wake up. In this series, 7 for 46. That's a 152 clip. Fish have a couple of guys swinging the good bat. Jazz Chisholm, three home runs so far. He's he's raking. So is Jesus Sanchez. Hitting 356 with three bombs. He's an outfielder. Braves bats have been a little quiet, too, in the last four games on that road trip. Nine runs. We need to score more than that. And Ronald Acuna, I'm... Guessing not a lot of news out there, and I've worked the folks that I know behind the scenes. Uh, apparently, Ronald going to be back in Jacksonville tonight, playing for the Stripers. And I just can't wait until we plug and play Acuna back in this lineup. One of the top players in the world today. We're going to 
plug him back in in that leadoff spot. And I can't wait to see Acuna hitting first, Olsen hitting second. Talk about a big boost to this lineup. It's going to get a lot deeper. Ozzy will go back to the middle of the lineup. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing when Acuna comes back, it'll be Acuna, Olsen, Riley, Ozuna, Albies hitting fifth, Duvall, Rosario, Darno, and Swanson. And Ozzy's already shown us, if you were paying attention over the last couple of years, when he's hit in the middle of the lineup, he has been a fantastic run producer. Swinging the bat in the middle of the lineup. Can't wait to see it. And then when Acuna gets back in right field, it's going to be a huge upgrade defensively. Huge. Acuna, as you know, can just flat go get it. Track down those balls in right center and over by the right field line. He's got a gun. He's going to throw people out if they're going to try to challenge him. Gold glove caliber outfield play, and we certainly have not seen it out in right field so far. Rosario has been kicking that ball around left and right, out and right. So hopefully we can hide him out in left field. He and Ozuna in left. DH those guys when we get Ronald Acuna back in there. Hoping it was going to be tonight. I was talking about on the show yesterday. I just don't know the difference physically between playing a triple-A game and a major league game. I don't see any difference. Now, overall, there's going to be a difference because the pitching you're going to see in the big leagues is it's going to be better than what you face in AAA. But physically, I don't see any difference. I mean, you still run the bases, still tracking down balls in the outfield, still swinging the bat hard at home plate. So I just don't get it why he's not plug and, and play in this lineup here tonight. But maybe that's why I'm doing sports talk radio instead of running a Major League Baseball team. And there you go. That's us chopping it up. Talking Braves baseball. Chopping it up. As I dig for my uh, Falcons notes, here they are. I found them. Getting ready for the draft next week. I'm already excited about the draft and anxious to see what our Atlanta Falcons are going to do with that eighth pick in the first round. Today, I want to do a case study on edge rushers. And the case study will uh, involve what happens in front of the Falcons one through seven. And I'm going to run through it quickly here for you. The Jaguars reportedly will go with Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher out of Michigan. The Lions, a pretty good chance. They've got Thibodeau from Oregon, the edge rusher, rated out high on their board. I'd be stunned if they didn't take him with that second pick of the draft. In this case study, the Texans take cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. The Jets go with an offensive tackle, Iquanu out of NC State. The Giants at five take Evan Neal out of Alabama. Offensive, offensive tackle. At six, the Panthers take Charles Cross out of Mississippi State in offensive tackle. And then the Giants select again at seven, and they take the corner out of Cincinnati, Ahmad Gardner. And then the Falcons step up. It's time to make the pick. So in, these, in this case study, the first seven picks, you've got two edge rushers, two cornerbacks, 
and three offensive tackles off the board, which would leave a decision to make for Fontenot if they decide to go with an edge rusher. And the decision would be between two guys. Georgia Bulldog, Trayvon Walker, insane athletic profile. He blew him away at the combine. That he, The athleticism is just amazing. And uh, you would also have Jermaine Johnson, a former Georgia Bulldog, played last season at Florida State and had a really outstanding season. I mean, here's a guy that's a three-down both these guys are three-down defensive linemen. Play first down, second down, third down. Play the run tough, rush the passer. And Jermaine Johnson and Trayvon Walker, I'm sure the Falcons, uh, would they like to have both these guys? Because we've never, and I'm going to bring it up one more time. I'm tired of saying it, but I'm going to bring it up again. You don't see our Atlanta Falcons selecting a Georgia Bulldog player very often for whatever reason. And I'll never understand it. I'll never understand that. But apparently there's some unwritten handshake agreement that if you're the general manager, you're not taking a Bulldog player. Doesn't make any sense, I know. Sounds crazy crazy to say, but I've been saying it for years around here. But how do you pass on Trayvon Walker? Seriously. Falcons defensively on their defensive line is one of the worst units in the National Football League. I mean, we've got big Grady Jarrett, who's fantastic, a Pro Bowl caliber player. But my goodness, with no help, he's getting double teamed every single time. Got to get some defensive line help in here. Trayvon Walker would certainly look good in a Falcons uniform. Jermaine Johnson would, too. And I really like what he brings to the table. And he might be a better fit than, say, if Kayvon Thibodeau fell to the Falcons at eight, I would take Jermaine Johnson over Thibodeau. I would. And I would do it because Jermaine Johnson can win with speed and he can win with power against the run game and the pass rush. This guy sets the edge when it needs to be set in the run game. Thibodeau, not so good with that. And when you compare Thibodeau and Walker, I ran across this on Pro Football Focus. The win rate for Kayvon Thibodeau in the pass rush situations last season, he was successful. He had a win rate of 24%. Trayvon Walker had a win rate of 10%. Could it be the offensive tackles in the Pac-12 didn't measure up to the offensive tackles in the SEC? Could be. But I'm telling you, as far as the fit goes, with Dean Pease and this defense, the scheme that he's running, it doesn't look like to me it's a risky pick if you're going Thibodeau. He's not a good fit with the Atlanta Falcons. He's not powerful enough. He, he doesn't set the edge in the run game well enough. I would pass on Thibodeau. I would pass on him, and I wouldn't think twice about it. Trayvon Walker fits. He's big. He's athletic. He's versatile. Love all that. Jermaine Johnson, you might be able to trade out of that eight spot, trade back a couple of spots, and still be able to get Jermaine Johnson 
in here. But he's the guy that I w- I'm expecting Trayvon Walker. He's going to be gone by eight. And therefore, the final quality big man player uh, edge rusher on the board would be Jermaine Johnson. So if the Falcons are going to go edge rusher, most likely it will end up being Jermaine Johnson. Can't wait to see it, though, man. Coming up on Thursday out of Las Vegas. And we're going to be on the scene, right? Didn't I hear where uh, maybe Chuck and Turnoff are heading out to Vegas to be a part of the, the NFL draft coming up next week? It's hard to keep up with everybody on this show or this station. And we got the uh, locker room there at some golf tournament every other day. The NFL draft in Vegas, that's going to be a a crazy scene out there now. I bet the boys, if they are going, are going to have a big, big time. So uh, yesterday we talked about the Falcons going offensive tackle, and you've probably figured out by now, I want to see them get Evan Neal the uh, offensive tackle out of Alabama. In this case, edge rusher, I would love to see Trayvon Walker or Jermaine Johnson end up in a Falcons uniform. Uh, Earlier this week, the first case study I did was trading back, accumulating more quality picks. And in that case, if they did elect to do that, if if you missed the show on Wednesday, the Falcons would would move back in the first round, have three second-round picks, and most likely three third-round picks. Needs on both sides of the ball at every level. Defensive line, linebacker, defensive backfield, offensive line, receiver, running back, quarterback. Issues at every single position group. We've got needs. And so moving back would make sense to me. Accumulating some more good picks. All right, let's go to the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Bring on the voice of the Braves. Ben Ingram, he joins us, our truest on-up Braves insider today. Ben, we appreciate you uh, coming on the show today, man. So are you rested up on that ro- after uh, the road trip to San Diego and L.A.? Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Buck. I think uh, that off day yesterday got me right. You go out west and then come back east, and it takes about a day to catch up. But ready to roll tonight, man. Hey, tell us about San Diego. What's it like going out there calling the series? Uh, great ballpark, and it's extremely convenient because the hotel is right across the street from the ballpark, so you can just kind of go over there whatever you want. Um, some of the best breakfast foods, in my opinion, in, breakfast, uh, huh? in in the league. Some great breakfast restaurants there, and then if you want fish tacos, you can you can just walk blindfolded into a place and get great fish tacos in San Diego. It's awesome, man. We're living life through you, brother. I mean, that sounds so awesome. <laughs> what about reflect back at the LA series and then seeing Freeman in that Dodger uniform? It, it was something. I mean, going back to that first game, he comes to the plate and, and seeing the reception and everything. Um, you just felt like at some point he was going to hit a home run. I don't know. It was going to be the very first at bat. It was a second swing of that at bat. And he goes deep. And Joe said at best, he said, we're in Hollywood, but you wouldn't expect a script like that. And, <laughs> uh, that's what happened. And, and he's so tough. And we knew that that would be the case. Um, seeing him being around him, Buck, I, I know that eventually he's going to settle in and, and be comfortable there in LA, but I got the feeling that he didn't feel all that comfortable uh, with, with his new situation, especially playing the Braves. I, I think he felt like uh, if he could go back and do things over again, things would have gone differently, uh, in his opinion. But um, 
Uh, I, I could definitely tell that he missed the guys here. He missed being an Atlanta Brave. He missed the camaraderie of, of that clubhouse. And watching him on the field before the game in game one and even some in game two, I saw him spend more time with the Braves than he did with, with members of his own team around BP. I've never seen that before. Um, but it was interesting to see him in uniform. They love him there, and, and they should. He's, he's exactly what you want in, in a star player, no matter where he's playing. He's the kind of guy that you want. And um, He was really good, and um, it was a good series. And I'll tell you this, everybody got the feeling that when we left there, that we would be back there in October. I know it's a long way from now, but even as we were walking to, to the bus after the third game, security officers and things like that are saying, we'll see you guys in October. You just kind of <laughs> got that feeling that we're going to see these guys again later in the year. Ben, I, I was critical of uh, the love fest that was going on on the field prior to that first game with the Dodgers, uh, all the hugging and kissing. And, you know, he uh, had his family down there and, it just seems like, you know, in the back uh, old school days, you did that in the hallway between the home locker room and the visiting locker room. And I acknowledge things have changed, but just a little frustrated. Nobody asked. It just seems like he still wanted to be with the Braves. Nobody asked that tough question when they got in front of him. Why didn't he take charge of the uh, of the uh, negotiations instead of just allowing this agency to handle it? Yeah, I know. I think that's the biggest question. It seems like that's where the most regret lies, um, whether it was on the record or, you know, away from a microphone. That seems to be the general consensus is that that's his biggest regret. Looking back on the whole thing, it's that he didn't take control of, of his uh, of his negotiation, of his free agency. Uh, I don't know what those conversations were like. I don't know the conversations that he had with Alex. I don't know the conversations that Alex had with with Freddie's people and, and all the way around in that triangle. I just know that when it comes down to it, it seems like the person that is most regretful over how everything went was Freddie. And that, that was just my take on watching him, um, hearing the things that he said, uh, seeing how much time he spent with Braves players before the first few ball games. I, I don't think he wanted to go the way that he did. And I think ultimately Freddie's responsible for that. And whether he's upset or not about how his agency handled that, that still falls on him, in my opinion, as yeah. his responsibility to take more control of that. So uh, that's how it played out. And he's a Dodger now. and He's going to be there for six years. So um, regret or not, that that's how things played out. And he's going to have to live with that. Yeah, and I felt bad for Olsen, too. I just could only imagine what he was thinking, probably thinking, wow, it looks like they'd still rather have him than me on this team with all the, the hugging and kissing going on, but maybe not. What's been your first impression watching Olsen play the game so far this year? Just a really good hitter. I love his approach. I love his, his aggressiveness at the plate. Um, I also love that you don't take a step back defensively. That was going to be my biggest concern because with Freddie, sure, he, he does some things at the plate that not too many guys can do. Uh, he's a steadying force in your lineup, things like that. But I loved what, what Freddie brought to the plate defensively. I thought he made those other guys gold glove caliber players on the infield. And Matt Olson is equally as good defensively. He, he's a gold glove winner. He's extremely good over there. Um, love his work ethic, love his attention to the game. And, and I think that he's going to be such a solid, consistent player. He's right in the middle of his prime and his numbers for the last three, four years have consistently gotten better and better. Now he comes over here and he hasn't gotten a whole lot of opportunities with men on base. That's eventually going to happen, but he, he's hitting the ball hard. He's got some good exit velos and I, I love his, his approach. I love his ability to go the other way too. So 
Um, he, he's going to be rock solid for a long time here, and very impressed with Matt Olson. Yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to see some damage being done at the top of the lineup when we plug Acuna back in there at leadoff, and you got Olson. I would assume would would continue to hit second. There's not a better one-two punch out there as you look around. All right, Kyle Wright. We're going to get to see Kyle again tonight, and he's been dealing, Ben, in the first two uh, starts that he's had this season. How do you explain the turnaround with him? I've heard things like, well, somebody uh, finally said to him, take the analytics page and throw that in the bottom of your locker and just go pitch the way you think you should be pitching and don't worry about all those numbers. Or was it just the confidence boost that he got with that World Series performance he had last season? It's probably a lot of that, Buck, to be quite honest. I don't know that you could point to just the one thing. In my opinion, we've seen Kyle come a long way across the board I, I think what he did last year in the world series was a major confidence booster and especially given where he was the year before let's go back to 2020 he got an opportunity in the nlcs and, and he got kicked around pretty hard it had to be pretty embarrassing i think it really helped him last year to be sent to AAA and just stay there. There have been a lot of yo-yoing back and forth, and when it comes to former first-round draft picks, there's an expectation there. But I don't know that that's always all that fair. When a guy is taken first overall now, we expect him to be in the big leagues within two or three years and making a major impact, and it just doesn't happen that easily. I think going to to AAA last year and just having him stay there, and every five days he's going to be there and pitch, he's going to continue to get better and better and better. We saw that. And and with all that last season, and him being able to figure out exactly who he is, that all came together in that World Series game. That wasn't an easy situation for him, him to be in. But with, with everything that he was able to accomplish last year, it worked out for him. Um, I, I know that he's done a lot of work with, with some of the Braves behind the scenes when it comes to the mental aspect of the game. He's come a long way there. And he's always had great stuff. And I feel like that's cliche sometimes. We say that about a lot of young guys, but he truly does. I felt like with that, that wave of pitchers that, that were being uh, back and forth between AAA and the big leagues, he without a doubt had the best stuff that anybody that the Braves had. So it was just a matter of it clicking. And and now Bucket's all there. I mean, it's not just one or two pitches. Everything in his arsenal has been there. Ball coming out of his hand really well. His confidence has been through the roof. And to see it all come together, um, I, I love seeing that. And he, like I said before, he is hardly the first pitcher to figure it out a little bit later. I mean, you've got a guy in your rotation who's the perfect example of that in Charlie Morton. For the first 10 years of his career, he, he was nothing near what he is now. Uh, and then once he kind of reinvented himself, he became a, a, a phenomenal pitcher and an all-star and a, and a big league ace. Kyle Wright's starting to do that. And um, we're very excited to see what he could be here in 2022 and beyond because the guy that I've seen here in his first couple of starts has been way better than anything we've seen in his previous years. Dansby hanging tough mentally as you see him walking around the comb, uh, you know, on the road trip. Is he hanging tough? He's gotten off to a tough start here. Yeah, he has, and and it's it's funny you say that because you can't help it, but you you watch these players when they're walking around, when they're in and out of the clubhouse, when they're on the plane, when they're at the ballpark, and he doesn't seem like a different guy. I wouldn't guess that he's wearing this. That that's my take on on his uh, his body language. He's a very confident guy. He's a very talented player. Um, we see guys go to slumps all the time. And you know that for Dansby, it's going to be a tough situation to, back, to get yourself out of this slump. Lots of strikeouts. 
but he's the kind of guy that can do that, and I don't see him wearing that off the field. I just feel like it's a matter of time before he starts going the opposite way a little bit more and getting on base. And uh, he had a few doubles in that in that road trip, and you just keep hoping that things like that happen more frequently and uh, bust out of the, the strikeout slump. And eventually, you'd hope that that would happen for him. What's your gut telling you? We're going to see Acuna before that May sixth start to the homestand. What are you thinking? Well, you know, last night he had a scheduled off day, and he had back-to-back days where he was playing there there with uh, with Gwinnett, had the off day yesterday. I think you check in with him and see how he feels. I think you play two games, have an off day. How does that knee feel? I would imagine it feels great. All along, the biggest concern the Braves have had is him doing too much too soon because that's just his personality, and you can understand that at his age yeah. and his ability to want to get back out there and go 100 miles an hour. They've been ultra-cautious with him up to this point, so that would lead me to believe to, that, that maybe they'd hold off until May the 6th. But at the same time, if, if he's going through baseball activity and feeling good and, and the knee's responding well, then 24 hours after he plays, he's feeling really good. Uh, I was wondering if we might see him for this homestand with the Cubs series coming up on Monday, yeah. uh, or Tuesday, rather. Or let him play uh, a few more rehab games this weekend, see how he feels. I think that would be the earliest we would possibly see him is Tuesday uh, and if not, you want to continue to take this thing ultra cautious, wait to the following homestand, and we'll see him on May the 6th. Ben, you guys are off to a great start calling the games. We appreciate you taking time for us today, buddy. You got it, Buck. Thanks so much, man. Voice of the Braves, Ben Ingram. He'll be on the call tonight as we get this homestand underway on Jackie Robinson Day here at Truist Park. Let's get to the Bulldog Roundtable. Official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Baloo. 25 20, far side line, 15 10, 5. Get in there. Touchdown. Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Haug Law Group, Georgia Pack and Load, AAA, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Baseball team in Tuscaloosa. Three-game series underway tonight. Bulldogs 9-6, and six, second in the East, third overall in the SEC. Looking good right now as we've reached the halfway point of the SEC schedule. And the ace, Jonathan Cannon, going to go tomorrow in game two. He's 6-1, and 1.71. And he... Uh, You'll be able to see, if you want to, the Bulldogs in Alabama, the series' first two games, I believe, are on the SEC Network. Busy times in Athens right now, too. Manny Diaz and the Georgia tennis team, they're playing host to the SEC tennis tournament in Athens. Dogs, the three seed, and today you get LSU and Florida are matched up. And then Georgia and Tennessee expected to go at it at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Go dogs for the dogs to win in baseball and in tennis here over the weekend. And I tell you, in the good old days when we had McWhorter Hall was like 30 steps to the Dan McGill Tennis Center. So we were all over there. Well, not all of us, but I know I was cheering on that Georgia tennis team and being able to just walk over there and check it out. World-class tennis. Love it and uh, continue to love it. And wishing Manny Diaz and the dogs all the best. We'll come back, wrap things up. Final segment of the show coming up. The Buck Baloo Show here on Atlanta Sports Station. The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Thanks for joining me for the Buck Baloo Show. 
What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Show here on Atlanta Sports Station. The fans, 680 and 93.7. Great having Road Dog in today. As we were uh, getting ready for the show today, man, talking a lot of Bulldog football out in the lobby area. It's always good to be here. And right now I've got the podcast Bucks beat up, and we've got Mort on there, and he's talking about all these Georgia players that are expecting to be drafted next week in the NFL draft. So you can pull that up, thepodcastpark.com. Check that out and see what the ultimate NFL insider says about these Georgia players going into the draft. That said, Nerny, let's hit a college football nugget today. Mm, tasty. It's time for the college football nugget. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. And let's talk about Alabama. Crimson Tide, the most players that Nick Saban and Alabama have had drafted in one draft... The number is 12. And next week, Alabama, as Coach O would say, I've probably worn that out by now. Nernie, tell me to stop. Next week, Alabama looking to break their own record and have 13 players drafted. They got Evan Neal and Jamison Williams expected to go in the first round. Got Harris, Mechie, and Mathis. Projected as second-round picks. Armour, Davis, and I like the running back, Robinson. Expected to be a third-round pick. You got the cornerback, Job, defensive lineman, Ray, and you got Allen. Those guys expected to go somewhere around four, five, and six. Could be Alabama breaks their own record next week. We'll keep an eye on that. Looking for some football. I set it off the top of the show and what's popping. LSU spring game, and I'm curious about what it's going to look like with, well, that former Notre Dame coach as the head man down in Baton Rouge. And I'm really interested in their quarterback situation. A few years ago, I was scouting out some of the high school senior quarterbacks that were signing with these big-time schools, and I ran across the highlight reel of Jaden Daniels, who went to Arizona State. And he was a dangerous man in high school, both throwing it and running with it, and did some good things out in Tempe with the Sun Devil program. He's transferred into LSU trying to win the job, competing with Miles Brennan from that restaurant family down in the swamp area. Those two guys expected to be getting 
first team reps. And I believe the SEC Network has it on coming up tomorrow. You check out LSU and Coach Kelly. And then finally, uh, I've got three nuggets for you today. I ran across this doing some show prep. Is the big hurt. You've seen a lot on those commercials these days. She's going to like it too. And Frank Thomas is going to be honored at Auburn with a statue. Will be the first Auburn baseball player with a statue. And I'm just going to wing it here and say he would be the only baseball player out of the SEC, out of the 14 teams, that has honored a baseball player with a statue. So this is big news. Frank from Columbus. First time I ever laid eyes on Frank Thomas. My youngest brother, Guy, was a starting pitcher at Valdosta High School. They advanced to the state playoffs, and they play uh, play in Columbus. And guess who's hitting cleanup for the the opponent, the team out of Columbus, Frank Thomas. I believe he went one for three with a home run that, that day, but had a, a great career for the Tigers, uh, probably their most accomplished player ever. So congratulations to Frank Thomas, and well done, Auburn, recognizing a great baseball player. Final word time. Got a book signing coming up tomorrow and coming. Universities Forever is the name of the store. It's 2080 Ronald Reagan Boulevard. I'll do a live show here on 680 The Fan from 11 to 12. Then the book signing from 12 to 2. There'll be an appearance by the UGA Alumni Redcoat Band. Always great seeing that gang. Inside the Hedges, the name of the book, The Quarterback's Journey to the 1980 National Championship. Hope you'll stop by tomorrow, say hello. Or if you can't, you can order now at InsideTheHedges.com. So another week in the books with the Buck Baloo Show. Road Dog, awesome job. We appreciate you. Nerney, you're the best in the business, brother. We like you, too. It's going to do it for us. Hope you have a great weekend, everybody. Nick and Chris are coming up next. Go Braves. Go Hawks. Let's go get them. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.